So it is easy for us to find individuals, many individuals who have decided I won't say anything personal of mine to anybody else in the religious life. We talk so much about unity, togetherness, oneness and understanding one another so well so that we become our own sisters or brothers in whichever uh, group we belong to. But there are many, many more than what we uh, could imagine. And it's a pity that they feel that they have no one around. They don't belong to anyone. And they cannot belong to anyone. Because in our religious life, two things go together. One is normal living together and the other thing is that uh, uh, we have administration. We have to have administration. So people who are in administration, in authority, are generally, <coughs> we are supposed to have good understanding, acceptance of these people and trust that they are there for our good and for common good. But it happens that such people lose trust among the subjects or, or subjects uh, <coughs> uh, may not trust them as they should be trusted. They have a lot of uh, misunderstanding or wrong understandings. Then what happens to uh, individuals when there is no mutual trust? We just live together, we exist. And it's a re uh, real sad fact that uh, many religious are just existing in communities, in their living places. Uh, there is no, no sharing as such. And I am sure in both men's communities and women's communities, we, uh, each, each one of us would not know our fellow novices with whom we joined. And we lived for years and years in uh, one community or another. Or we have contacts. So we are in the congregation for years and years and I don't think many of us will be able to say I know all my novices. I mean fellow novices or co-novices who were with me today after maybe 25 years or 30 years or even more. Uh, if there is no trust, we are not spontaneous in telling things to others. We don't share. And when we, when we do not share or when we do not have the possibility of sharing, we, uh, we don't know others and we don't let others know us. And going to another point, we have a lot of suspicions because we know that uh, we are not as uh, liberated as we talk about or we are supposed to be. 
So we have our own personal interests or selfish interests or because of lack of understanding we can create a lot of troubles for others or one thing is by tail bearing or to curry favor we cook up things which are not true or sometimes uh, things are true but why they should be reported and if they are reported then people have to face consequences bad consequences so there is a mutual distrust we we trust only selectively very few people sometimes it can happen and it often happens that we don't even trust our best friends there are so many things which are inside of us we would like to share but we don't find anyone to share or we don't feel trust or trustworthy to share and this is one of the painful things a religious faces in religious life that uh, the religious cannot trust his or her fellow religious it's a pitiable situation and uh, here and there many people may say oh i have no problem i have plenty of friends and this is an exaggeration but i don't think it is an exaggeration because i hear people that don't i'm not generalizing but one can have a sort of a general feeling which may not be all that wrong very many of us a vast majority of us uh, do not have the facility to trust others and especially something very personal and something what happens in the family one cannot share to someone else however close that person is with uh, with us this way there are so many things which we cannot talk to even best friends because we don't know when this best friend will cease to be best friend because any little word can create misunderstanding and friendship can be cut off or some others can spoil our good relationship no so we always have to be cautious what we say we have to calculate and there are very very many fools i purposely use the word fools they trust people to the extremes and then after some time they have to pay for their their foolishness or uh, just because we are religious we don't keep secrets that's why women religious go to prayers and they go to even men or they uh, they go to even uh, women outside their congregation to talk to but very many religious people don't have women religious don't have the, the facility to talk to outsiders there is this home secret to be kept so very many women religious are some uh, some have pressurized 
not to speak out what happens to them like married for girls uh, they uh, they want to keep the good name of their husbands or husbands families you know and they go on suffering in silence they don't uh, communicate to uh, they their parents at home if they had communicated in time they would not have had to suffer so much miseries or some critical situations could have been avoided like uh, suicide etc so in religious life also uh, people are somehow pressurized from outside or inside from one's own self that i am not supposed to uh i am not supposed to sort of say things what happens others should not know and there are some individuals of uh, uh, superiors who are very very uh, uh, strict in this matter especially those who are unjustly behaving or partially behaving or persecuting people in the community are the ones who insist so much on this home secret and then they are very suspicious also the community members cannot talk to any outsiders because they think that they are divulging what is happening so they cannot you know such people feel that it is a danger and then they bring in this you know home secrets home secrets what are home secrets it's very difficult to say what are home secrets but i i visualize this way that uh, members of a home should not divulge informations whatever it is positive or negative which outsiders can misuse against them to bring more misery into the community living but does that mean that one is not free if there is lot of mis uh, injustice in a family or no in a community or even in a family should they keep quiet because of this home secret so a uh, lot of this discretion should be there what to be told outside and what not to be told outside Uh, there are no clear cut uh, sort of rules and regulations when we belong we have a sort of a belonging to uh, the family or to the congregation or to the community in which we live <coughs> so all of us have or should have that uh, feeling that i should not uh, uh, let out certain <coughs> informations by which others whether it is parish priest or people outside or some other individuals but what we sometimes hear is this that knows nothing of the secret of the community remains inside there is somebody or other who is very friendly with the parish priest who leaks out everything and it comes to a situation like this i heard people saying but they cannot say anything without thinking twice thrice etc things go out 
is it okay or not okay? You know, when we have uh, no proper understanding of loyalty, both ways is not good. Saying things outside also is not good. Not saying things outside also is not good. Uh, if my father has got some defects, some limitations, how far it will be good not to say anything about it? Suppose he drinks. Once he was drinking is no problem, but constantly he drinks and wastes money or creates trouble at home. Am I bound to just keep quiet to create a good name for him among his, his brothers or his relations? Or sometimes, isn't it good for me to tell some of his uh, people so that they can pressurize him to control his drink? But what often happens in communities in a pathetic way is this that they are very, very uh, ready to say all that what happens inside to outsiders, especially priests. And some parish priests are there. Uh, I also have faced situations. You know, it's not easy to have always good relationship with everybody in the community, especially the authority or the superior. So a parish priest can have conflict with the superior or with somebody else. So the informations which are passed on to him can become very good material to persecute. And very many religions do not realize or they realize very well and they make use of outside people to persecute our own fellow companions. Because we have some hurt feelings or we have some jealousy, etc. So the question of loyalty is a very important question. We have to be loyal to our family. We have to be loyal to our community. But how far we have to keep quiet? And I started saying that we don't have the facility to trust others because our companions misuse the information. And how many people are there or who feel, okay, in my friendship, what was told to me, even if he or she becomes my biggest enemy, I will not let out. Because what was told to me with trust, I will not uh, say to others or I will not misuse. And in religious life, there is more fear. Why? Because we often come to hear what happens to certain people when they become superiors. When they are put in position, they use the informations they had previously, especially through friendship. Using for the good of other individuals is always welcome, but the misuse of such information is not uh, considered good. So if, uh, suppose in my novitiate, <coughs> I shared with my fellow novice, 
something. And my fellow novice becomes a provincial after 20 years or 25 years or 30 years. And with this sort of an information, he starts uh, uh, suspecting me or uh, ill-treating me, etc. Then how will I have confidence? And usually people share these things. So when we hear what happens to others, we have fears of different types. So we won't trust. Or we have difficulties to trust. And uh, very often, many of the religious are living in sheer loneliness. They have no body. <coughs> People who don't have such problems will say, Oh, they have spiritual fathers, they have retreats, they can talk to anyone. Uh, the rule, the constitution says that they can choose any a confessor, they can go to any uh, spiritual director, etc. But in practice it may not be all that simple as that. Our religious uh, community members are supposed to go to certain persons from the spirit select or likes. They cannot go to anybody else. This is a common. Here and there you may find people who are free who say, who say that uh, you meet anyone, take help from anyone. But how often in many congregations people are pressurized to go to only particular people. Because the, the provincial has got good opinion about one particular person, whether it is man or woman. So all of us to go to that and that person only and not to anyone else. So that individual freedom is very much curtailed. So one, <coughs> uh, usually it happens, a director or a helper, a person who is a helper is friendly to the superior. Naturally a trust is lost for others. Because uh, one is not sure what I say to this person would not raise the superior. And very often we are unable to keep secrets. Women are more, more prone to give away secrets than men. That's why most of the women go to men. Women should not feel bad. Or they should feel bad and then they should cultivate the the habit of keeping secrecy of others. You make women priestesses, hardly any women will go to confession today, at least for two, three generations. To that they will start building a For two, three generations, women will be unemployed in the, in the confessional. They will be all the time looking for someone to come. <laughs> and if there are man sitting there, there will be a big queue there. All the women will be going there. And the opposite will happen. Men queue will be on the women's queue. <laughs> I used to say, uh, I'm waiting for women to get, uh, you know, ordained, 
so that to go for confession to them. With little wickedness, I'll go to the convent and drink and uh, tell the superior I want, you know, according to my my own calculation, who is the most beautiful and attractive priestess there. So I'll ask for her to make my confession. Uh, so uh, the situation for many is very bad. They have no one to talk to. Because of this lack of confidence, lack of trust, sheer loneliness. <coughs> Maybe uh, some feel that it is good to express my love, you know, concern for my fellow companion. So when a person goes to a confessor also, in the confessional, all the community members are very, very, very interested in how much time that person is spending in the, with the confessional. Out of sheer concern. So even in the confessional, many people are not free to talk to. Because there are common spots and there are a lot of suspicions are there. So the loneliness with which a person, especially women religious, have to live is sometimes awful, very tragic. On <coughs> uh, <coughs> the working out of uh, negative guys to say <coughs> that uh, Talking to others is not enough because publishing something what happened to me in newspapers, so many thousands of people are reading. That's not going to heal me. I may have the satisfaction so many people came to know. But the healing process is different. <coughs> but in our normal living situations, we may not have that uh, for time for healing process as I explained earlier. <coughs> so, the working is, uh, no, talking to someone is very uh, relieving and it is also very much needed. And many individuals have lost mental balance only because of this situation that they had no one to talk to. I remember that to poetry where due to shipwreck uh, they didn't have any water to drink and one word is uh, you know water water everywhere not a drop to drink oh that's a beautiful situation in the religious life so many companions dedicated to the Lord so many spouses of the Lord and love oozing out of everybody and here one is starving of, you know, and so almost facing death or suicide. And why it happens? Why right from the beginning, from the novitiate or before the stage, uh, stage of novitiate itself, there is this competition. And the formators are the worst, worst formators. The partiality business. 
So if the individuals see that my novice mistress or mister, novice master can be pleased by this, then they start doing that for personal advantage. At that stage we are not liberated people. And then what happens to us is that we, at no stage we find liberated people, liberated sort of uh, administrators, whom we don't have to bribe. You know, plenty of bribing is there in our communities. Maybe by a smile, by a good morning, or by washing the clothes for the superior, or uh, serving things for her, or making good things, uh, good food for her. <coughs> and isn't it very true that we can buy our superiors by cooking uh, good
Because worse situations will happen if I share some good things with others. Because of the facility of increasing our jealousy. We feel working against someone if we know that that person is achieving something. So loneliness increases for a person from both sides. I cannot share what is good with others. I cannot share what is bad with others. I mean what is bad about me to others. So the, the, the situation is very critical, very, very painful. And we all want to be uh, within our shell for self-protection. We are very vulnerable. Five about my, my relationship with my father. Someone will say, oh, that fellow is not good because he has no good relationship with his father. Finish, I will be wiped out from the list. Am I liberated enough to say, okay, let that happen? I am not. So I feel very bad that about this situation in our religious communities. We are eating together and there is so much of insistence on eating together, coming together for prayer, coming for spiritual reading or paper reading, you know. <coughs> All that has to be done together. But who bothers about heart togetherness? The superior herself will have too many secrets. Too many secrets. She cannot talk to anyone freely. And that happens with counselors and all. The moment a person is uh, elected as a counselor, then she cannot talk to anyone freely. Because whatever comes out of her mouth will be always caught as a clue for something. So such persons become very, very, very cautious and they cannot even laugh or make a joke as an ordinary person because it will have repercussions, different repercussions. And we are too ready to misinterpret or find connections which have no connections at all. And who among us can say, oh, I, I have not found that sort of uh, uh, inability to trust people. I say what I want and uh, I am an open book. Maybe there are here and there some individuals, but many, vast majority is simply frightened to say anything, personal. And it's, isn't it because of that our community life is so very impersonal? Are we free to talk about our family problems? Somebody is sick at home, 
or someone is having marital problems. Because there are hurt feelings plenty. <coughs> Example, uh, if my father is sick, my, my superior did not allow me to ring up. And her friend's uh, uh, father is having little slight headache, she can ring up long distance STD call. A long time also. And if I say that my, my someone is sick, I will say, oh, She's, oh, he is very much attached, attached to family. He can't think of anything else except his family. Then how will I have a freedom? Or how will another one who, who hears these things will have the freedom to see? And are we first of all interested in anybody, in any, any community member, except our, if we have a friend in that community? Have we at all interested anybody? Women have got a facility to make uh, some tears and uh, oh, somebody is sick or that sister. That's not out of concern. Many of you may get angry with me for saying the truth. For talking. Women need some matter to talk. Sometimes they don't need any matter to talk. So if somebody is, uh, someone is having cancer, whole day and night you can hear about, oh, so and so sister's brother is cancer. So and so brother's sister's cancer. You know? They can only talk about the cancer. About that one. But spend a little time with that person to understand, to give a little time to that sister who is being bothered about. Maybe there is plenty of indecisory prayer in the community mass and all that. But personally we are not interested with one who is suffering in the community. Because we don't. This happens in both men's community and women's there's one genuine uh, uh, difficulty here also. Sometimes we want to know others, but they don't have the trust to tell us things. Then how we will know? When others are interested in us, we don't want to tell them because we don't trust them. So it's a beautiful uh, situation of loneliness <coughs> in religious life. So one is forced to say, and it's very easy to say, Jesus is the only one who never lets me down. My father Jesus. I can trust him. And I don't think there is anyone who is sitting in this group who has not used that sentence. I can trust only my Jesus because he never lets me down. Now for that matter, how many of us can really trust our parents, our mother and father, and tell what we are? Fully, I don't have a very small percentage. First of all, I am not. I cannot tell so many things what I do and uh, think and all to my parents because they are not in a position to accept. So how will my parents know me fully? They are the closest people to me.
So we have distances between us. And just because we are in a community doesn't mean that we are together. Let's be humble enough to accept that fact. Of course, there are so many other factors which help with the distance, distancing among one another. We are trying to make an effort to come together, to know one another as far as possible. What I'm trying to say is, but there is plenty of suspicion among ourselves. Plenty, plenty of suspicion. And we can be very, very nasty to others. We can be very, very cruel to others in the community. And then talk about, you know, demand that we all should be eating together. Eating together is supposed to be an expression of our joy, of being together, that we are one. But uh, how often we have that experience of eating together, to express our togetherness. You know, we can bring in rules and regulations for eating together in the community, religious life, very essential. Or uh, even a wonderful feast day like Christmas, Easter, or somebody's vows, or some other uh, jubilee. But if the hearts are not together emotionally, will these occasions bring us together? Most probably no. These occasions are forced occasions. Togetherness won't come. So the necessity for us to recognize the situation, that it's not easy to trust others, even though they are my fellow uh, religious, we join together. Sometimes it happens, we have more reason to distrust because they are fellow companions. We join together, or we are novitiate together, or junior together, or relationship together, and all that. So in an occasion like this, we can enter into our own self more. Have I got companionship? Not living companionship, but trusting companionship. And there are many individuals in the congregation, I have no one, only I can trust people outside. Worst exploiting person in a community can get a sympathetic hearing with an outsider because that outsider doesn't know what he does in his life. This requires, because each human being requires, no? that doesn't mean that I am saying it's okay, you know, that, that fellow should get sympathy from outside. No. Uh, the need to, all the time, when we talk about certain practices, what happens, or wrong practices, or some misuse, or some, uh, something, uh, big mistakes, etc. You know, our mind is so caught up in our judging others. We are told not to judge, because we don't know what is the situation, 
what is the need of others but but the behavior we see they are not help uh, uh, such behaviors are not helpful for others so when we talk about uh, being good to others we have to be extremely careful is not that easy for me this is to talk this way but it's not easy for us to be understanding of others when they are wicked when we feel they are wicked they are very malicious etc why they are doing it this way etc we have no explanation except they are consciously malicious so in in, in my religious life how do i uh, help myself to grow and to be with others is it in a very impersonal way as i usually do or can i make uh, some headway breakthrough it's not easy to find a trustworthy person especially because we are religious uh somehow we have this uh, i don't know this itch that i must report to the superiors others have to correct such people and because of this reporting business because in some cases reporting is needed but often what happens for silly matters we report and then silly matters are considered as very uh, grave matters and then uh, people uh, are made uh, or to be punished etc so the fear or distrust or the anger and then it's very easy to say i live my own life i don't need anybody else and there are so many individuals who have decided consciously i don't need anyone else simply i don't need anyone else. and because of that what happens when a situation arises i'm shaken and uh, i cannot manage by myself i need someone to good i don't have it and we talk about you know in the religious communities we talk about uh, you know we must get mutual help and all that but what's more important or most important is work I can't allow you to go to your friend to talk quite far away one day or two days. How, how will the hostel run without you? So you go, what happens to you? I don't bother whether you have a breakdown or not. I don't bother. Of course, people don't talk in this term. Oh, it's not necessary now. And uh, as I sometimes say, should we have retreats every year especially for women religious and for men religious every year retreat waste of money retreat is just to create more more guilt feeling 
Because nobody makes a retreat properly. So one they have retreat and have more holidays together in groups. Women will be much more with much less jealousy, with much less breakdown. If they can get eight days of togetherness to have some fun or sharing, etc. We should not have yearly retreats. This custom should stop. We should have yearly get-togethers. And as and when one feels the need, I am drained out, I have no spiritual insight, I want to go and sit alone and work and slog and collect something for me instead, then I will profit. Now that collection business are all the, the preacher's business. You should be reading this and hearing that and then collect and all for a year for me. Because, you know, I'm going to listen to him. No, it is his duty to do that. And we pay him also for that. So uh, I, I feel generally that it should stop every year this retreat. But it will never be stopped because all the authorities, they will feel that it is my duty that I provide eight days or six days to preach. And many nuns ask me, many congregations have only five days to preach. And if uh, you, know, you propose eight days, why, what we will do? Six days are too much to preach. And if anybody knows anything of quietness of the mind, even after six days there is no quietness, and then what do we get from that for six days or eight days? If we have a holiday, we can get everything in that eight days. So much in eight days. We can criticize, we can see all sorts of nonsense, we can also hear some good things. So please see that you you spread this message. <laughs> Some congregations have this uh, province get together and all, but then what happens is uh, they become so formal and all that. That also defeats the purpose. They must have some inputs and some nice this thing and all that. We also have, we just have that sort of a thing. People are coming for intellectual enrichment, you know. But this is the main problem, main difficulty is that we have only few selected friends with whom we can trust. And in a get-together, who is bothered about others? In a get-together, is a get-together of few, one or two. <laughs> you probably get together. If my friend is there, I'll go and talk to others who want to talk to. <coughs> I don't know what to talk to, and they don't know what to talk to me. So these are the, the, the general situation. So what, what uh, I'm trying to say is this. We, uh, let's not presume, because we are living in a community, we are related to others. 
relating is very personal. And it is costly also. And very many of us do not elicit trust in others. Because we have too much of selfishness. And we are very much wicked also. We are not that good as we imagine. In fantasy meditation we can imagine we are very good to others. But uh, in actual living situation we are not that good to others. We are very selfish. We only look for our own. Uh, that's why in uh, the communities we see certain people working hard, they get all the work and others don't do. And they don't bother us. This uh, thinking for others and making others' lives more pleasant, less burdensome, these are all good ideas, but they don't come, uh, become reality unless I have to unload myself in selfhood. I have to die to myself very often. And uh, this sort of a thing is not all that easy. <coughs> so again, coming back to the uh, original point, <coughs> how do I tackle my alone, aloneness and loneliness? <coughs> I mean, I used the wrong word. I wanted to use loneliness. <coughs> loneliness is that I am completely left alone. Aloneness, <coughs> not that I don't have any friends. But I choose to be alone because I find alone, to be alone is profitable for me at this particular moment. Like a retreat, etc. Or sometimes during the year, even being in the community, I want to be alone. I don't want to have any, any contact with others. That's my choice. But loneliness is often very, very often is thrust upon me, it's not a choice. I am forced to be lonely because I don't find anyone to go to or anyone to listen to me. This is a very bad, bad situation. And many religions are going through this sort of a situation. They have no one to go to. It can happen in the family also. <coughs> the wife is not able to relate with the husband. They are living together. The, wife, the husband may not be able to say things to the wife. Or the children are not able to talk to the parents. In both families and religious life, this loneliness can be very, very pathetic for certain or many individuals. And uh, this is an issue we have to become very much aware of. And in the formation, when uh, after joining, you know, we join with open heart. And after joining, we slowly, slowly start closing. And we become very, very cautious. And then remain very cautious because of certain uh, what, what are happening in the religious life. <coughs> And I, I am very emphatic about <coughs> there is tremendous amount of loneliness. There is tremendous amount of inability to say, to express what is inside. That's one way of saying it. That's not this.